Is it music for the masses? Uh, no. No, I didn't think so. Hello and welcome back to Isopod, the isolation podcast. Music is courtesy of Sacred Lime. I am Jack, joined by Corey, as always. Corey, how are we doing? I'm doing great today. How are you? Doing Jack? fantastic. Very happy New Year. Happy holidays. Happy New Year to you. Happy holidays to you and yours. Um, we... I mean, happy July 4th. We probably haven't done an episode <laughs> since then. I think no, you... I, no, I, we, we re- did. We recorded in November. I think, I think that was the last oh, one. Oh, you're right. That was, that was the last one. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, this is a very special episode. Corey and I, we do this every year. Uh, and we are going to be going through our favorite music uh, of 2022, starting with our favorite songs and then going into our top 30 albums um the songs we don't rank we just kind of go through our, our our favorite 10 that uh that have kind of meant the most to us and then um and then albums will will run through uh uh 30 through 11 and then once we get into the to the top 10 we'll kind of dive a little deeper into those um but Corey and I, we do not know each other's lists, so it's always so. This it's it's really just mostly exciting for us. It's re- yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean this this is really mo- mostly exciting for uh for Corey and I to uh, compare our own lists because normally we have this the same in the in years past we've had the same top album, um, but then everything else is like very different. Uh, but this year That's I fair. I don't I have a feeling that we'll have different number one albums so i'm i'm curious about that um but anything to add before we start core i don't think so let's dive into it all right let's dive right in so like i said starting with our top songs no particular order here um i will start us off um why not first one up for me has to be uh cody blue 31 by (laughs) jid Um, this was, it turned out to be my favorite off of the forever story. I think this was Corey's favorite or the one that he added, uh, to our playlist off of that album. But, uh, the more I listen to this, the more impressed I am by this. I mean, JID, we know him of course, for being lyrical God and flow God, but this has him singing, which we don't really get a lot from him, uh, really ever. And he is an incredibly talented singer, I think. I think it goes over really well. I love the group vocals on this. Um, uh, lyrics discuss perseverance and continuing to improve as an artist and a human being. And just the flow of this track is incredible. So um, I had to put it in the in the 10 favorite. So I, I love that. It's not on my list. Oh, uh, I thought it would be. But, it, but it. it is my favorite song on that album and maybe my favorite, like, NPR Tiny Desk oh, gosh. Uh, performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I Jid was like my favorite Tiny Desk performance, but this song particularly just gave Incredible. me chills. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I would argue that Jid has tried to sing in the past and has never really had this much success. So he sounds I, great I, I on that. Was, yeah, he does for sure. Um, these aren't really in order, but I'm going to go with my. I think I'm ready to call this my favorite song in the year, and I'm I'm going with it first because I think it might be the one on your list. Um, this summer, I started this like 
maybe it was the spring, I started this childhood nostalgic playlist, and it was mostly just a bunch of songs my parents listened to when I was growing up. Mm. Uh, but you sent me this album, and the first time I heard the song, I added it to this playlist it because it's so viscerally nostalgic and homely. Uh, it's Sun Bleached Flies by Ethel Kane. Um, yeah. It explores this... Uh, really complicated dynamic of how her upbringing and specifically church didn't accept her and that she like still really yearns to be in that church on Sunday. Um, there was a safety and comfort, even though she details how she resented it um, throughout the album Preacher's Daughter. Um, she explores this contradiction a lot throughout the album and even shows forgiveness at the end of the song. But I, I it's a seven minute long song and it's it's really the reason I came back to Preacher's Daughter. Um, this album didn't quite make my top ten. A little little preview, but it, it was in the list towards the end of the year before I discovered way too many albums in December. Mm. Um, but this song is what made me keep going back to it, and this album grew on me more than any other this past year. Wow, that's incredible! And uh, piggybacking off of that, another song that is in my list is also "Sun Bleach Flies" by Ethel Kane. That was the one I was thinking. I of. had a feeling we, we, that, we've talked about this song. I mean, a little yeah, bit, this so. it, this song it's the best one on that album, and it uh, for me for for most of the year it was hard times. That's another really amazing. Don't s- sleep on a house in Nebraska. House in Nebraska. That oh, that's another song. one. Yeah, I know. Oh my I know. god, it's devastating. Hard, hard times is uh, that that really gets to me every time too. But Sun Bleach Flies, you cannot deny uh, just the power of the song and uh yeah i mean like Corey said it's you know she is really reminiscing about her time in church and how it's just this really complicated relationship that she had and and now that she's older she kind of looks back on those times and and kind of views church as this like kind of safety uh safe safe place for her um as the album title suggests she is the daughter of a preacher and so it's like this creates this weird dynamic and um uh in this song she compares sun bleach flies to uh hear an interview of, of her talking about how she compares them to uh, a christian mother um kind of sitting by the window so waiting for the day to escape um so it, it sad girls vibe all the way through on this but yeah very nostalgic song looking back on childhood and um those types of things so uh great great song here all right, I'll, I'll go right into number two, my 1A and 1B favorite songs of the year. This is the other one that I'm just trying to steal your thunder right off the Great. bat. Uh, this is Mother I Sober by Kendrick Lamar. Uh, welcome to Kendrick's story time. Just this somber piano. Uh, he says, I'm sensitive. I feel everything. I feel everybody. One man standing on two world words heal everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I talked about the song in length on the Kendrick episode we did. Yeah. But uh, this is an incredible song. He talks about his mother's abuse that preempted false abuse allegations on his uncle, or of his uncle on him as a child. Uh, Beth's chilling bridge, I wish I was somebody, anybody but myself, uh, that kind of goes into Whitney confronting Kendrick on his infidelity, sex addiction, recommending he start therapy, which is kind of the whole theme of the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, halfway through the track, Kendrick picks up the bass and makes a bigger kind of generalization about 
black generational trauma and its impact specifically on black men and rappers um, and their different coping net mechanisms uh, kind of finishes with this really touching positive message from Whitney and his daughter saying he broke a generational curse by um, going on this therapeutic journey. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, this <laughs> is just quite the song. Leads into the final song onto the, on the album Mirror. But yeah, this this song, I think, encapsulates every everything that Mr. Morale is about. And yeah, we'll go down as one of Kendrick's best storytelling moments in a career full of them. Well, Corey really is stealing my thunder because that also is on my list. Um, I mean, I, yeah, for everything that Corey hasn't already said, I, I would just add that um, I love how for like four or five minutes of this song, he is delivering his flows in this very kind of somber uh, it's almost spoken word depressive to start. state yeah and then as he starts to talk about um like lifting up his family members and setting himself free and all these other people who have been kind of affected by this trauma his voice starts to lift up and starts to become this more positive voice and i think that speaks directly to setting himself free from that trauma and his family members um so not only is the things that he's saying very uh, just super powerful, but he also uses his voice in a way that also represents what I think this song, uh, this song means to not only the album, but just like his life in general. And to Corey's point, I think, uh, this is a Kendrick moment that kind of, uh, I mean, you can, you can go back to, um, sing about me. I'm down of thirst in terms of like storytelling moments in his career. And, uh, um, this is a hard hitting song that is honestly, it's tough to listen to. Um, you know, that's, it's, there's no, uh, it's definitely not for, um, an easy listen, but it's, 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 a a really important moment on the album. Um, and, 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 and something about it, I just feel like the way it's delivered almost forces you to just hang on every word yep. and syllable. Maybe it's just me. It's probably and, because of the instrument, the instrument, there's like, there's this, it's this, so this, stripped this back piano stripped back yeah. driven song and then there's really and then there's this kind of um uh horn progression at the very end of the song when he starts to pick up his voice that the song starts to pick up a little bit but for the majority of the song yeah it's it's very stripped back uh, i would agree with that i'm i'm guessing those are the only two we have in common we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll move on to my third song is stressed by conway the machine uh, off his album, God Don't Make Mistakes, uh, it's another really heavy song about Conway, Conway's stress and, and mental health following the loss of a son, uh, being shot, family suicides, childhood abuse, and how that all contributed to his alcoholism. Uh, it's kind of a pretty simple drum-driven beat, subdued and direct Conway lines. Do anyone care that I'm stressed is the kind of recurring hook on there. Um, in, in his Breakfast Club interview, Conway revealed that he cried in the booth recording the song and that he feels like it was really important to share because he felt like a lot of rappers kind of hide behind a character. And he, he went on to talk about his start with therapy and how it's helped him. So kind of piggybacking off, I mean, Kendrick and Mr. Morale. Um, yeah, just another tough song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. 
Uh, next up for me, we've got Walkin' by Denzel Curry, the lead single to Melt My Eyes, See Your Future. I th- I still think this is the uh, this is my favorite song off of off of that album. It's a uh, uh, it's a banger of a track once it gets to that second leg, but um, it's a song that has Denzel addressing uh, the American class system in terms of in regards to black people using metaphors in the chorus on the second leg of the track to discuss the fight for equality that the black community has to endure every day in the country. Um, love the chorus on the song, talking, saying, uh, clear a path as I keep on walking, ain't no stopping in this dirty, filthy, rotten, nasty little world we call the home. Um, and then goes on to say, ain't no options for my partners, so they resort to scams and robbing, talking about, you know, when people feel like they're kind of at their wit's end and don't really have anywhere else to go or anywhere else to look to, they, they have to kind of take action, um, uh, uh, put action in their own hands. And uh, um, I think this is a not only just like very enjoyable song to listen to, but also just like it says so much. And uh, uh, I really do think that this is like the, there's a reason why it was the lead single to this album, because a lot of this album deals with uh, deals with this kind of those kind of themes, but um, continue to go back to this. Yeah, that's a great track. Uh, my next song is "Basketball Shoes" by Black Country New Road. It is the twelve-minute <laughs> epic final track uh, that starts with this light guitar plucking, slowly builds. You don't hear the first vocals until three minutes in. Uh, there's another just gorgeous transition at the six and a half minute mark. It comes at you in waves, really three different songs. Uh, Tyler, the lead singer, calls it a medley of the whole album. And it's something I guess they've been playing at shows for a couple years um, that fans have just loved. I'd, I'd highly recommend this. If you haven't tried Black Country New Road and want to taste without the large commitment of, of this album, uh, but yeah, you, you get a taste of the failed relationships that define the album, the humor and references to, there's a Charlie XCX reference on basketball shoes and pretty brilliant closer to a really interesting, adventurous album that's been pretty critically acclaimed this past year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of love for that album, no doubt. Next up for me is a single by Phoebe Bridgers called Sidelines. Uh, this is a love song by Phoebe that uh, has her. It's it's uh, really a, a a love song to her her I think now partner or fiance or what or or whoever that is. But um, uh, it has Phoebe talking about that she now has something to live for with this this new partner of hers. With lines like "Now I know what it feels like to want to go outside and." Watch the world from the sidelines. I had nothing to prove until you came into my life. You gave me something to lose. I also can't get enough of the instrumentals on this song. I think they blend so nicely with with Phoebe's lyrics. Um, very similar to uh, a lot of songs that are on my top list. I really like how uh, the instrumentals really uh, kind of cater to the things that Phoebe is discussing on this song. Um, but... No album from Phoebe this year, unfortunately, but we did get this amazing single, and um, yeah, one of my one of my favorites, the Paul Mescal song. Yes, sir. That's right. That's, his, next... that's his name. Yeah, that's right. He's kind of famous in this. One, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
My next song is Miracles by Alex G. It's another somber song from Alex about stagnation, uh, just a simple guitar-backed instrumental that leads, uh, just makes you focus on the words as he contemplates having a baby with his partner, but that he's struggling with himself and not re ready. I think it's a really intimate, like, time and space type song um, on Alex's best album yet. And yeah, this, this one I've been coming back to a lot recently, and it's really stuck with me. Sweet. Next up for me is the uh, lead single to Beyonce's Renaissance, that is Break My Soul, which to me that is... Whoa dance song of the year has to be i just it just makes me feel a certain type of way i'll tell you that i mean if you want to gain some confidence and uplift yourself a bit more just throw this thought this thing on the highest volume that you have on your speaker and just just see what the hell happens um this song is about just really being just knowing yourself and being so confident in who you are and that's a lot of you know a, a major theme on on that album, um, but I I just love the uh, uh, the hook on this and the pre-chorus when she says, "I'm looking for motivation, looking for a new foundation, and I'm on that new vibration. I'm building my own foundation. You won't break my soul. Love that. I also love the um, the sample that she uses in the song. Um, I had to look this up. It's uh, by Big Freedia. Uh, it's a song called Explode, and it uh, turns out that that artist was also on Lemonade as well as, oh, cool. as, some, as a contributing artist. But that really drives the, the entire mood of the song and um, makes for, like I said, dance bop of the year. All right, I've got one more, like, really sad one. This is the indie, sad indie girl track of the year, uh, Still, by Soccer Mommy. Uh, the opening line... I don't know how to feel things small. It's a tidal wave or nothing at all. Just this raw, haunted, gorgeous uh, closing track to her album. An album that didn't quite live up to my... Exp I, I mean, it's a good album. It didn't make my top 30. Um, I have preferred her last couple albums. But this track gets me. And really good one. Well, we have on three songs on our, on our there list. There it is. <laughs> Uh, I also have Still by Soccer Mommy on my list. And uh, yeah, this this song just gets me every time. It really does. It's got Sophie battling through suicidal thoughts and depression. Um, she's just lines like, okay, you win. I'll end my life. Drive to the bridge just to overthink it. White pills, take it all away. Drive to the bridge just to stop, stop the thinking. And I can't stand still. I mean, it's just heartbreaking, but man, I, it's just, uh, it's one of my favorites by Soccer Mommy. I just saw her live a few weeks ago. Cannot recommend her enough. She is, uh, she's fantastic, both live and um, just as a lyricist, I think. So there you go. We've got three. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah, more than I thought. How about thought? that? I was... All right. From still to... A nice lighthearted uh, change. Um, the Loop by Toro y Moi. Uh, just a song about staying in the loop, staying present. Um, the news cycle, maybe. It's just this really funky dance track. Definitely an earworm. 
staying in the loop, staying in the loop, upbeat, but also so calming. Whole album is just really fun, easy listening. Mm. Ends with this really sick guitar riff, so just put it on, dance. A good one by Toro. Don't don't overthink it. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh Next up, you, for... you've you've done way too much thinking if you listen to the first right. six or seven songs. Uh, well, I'm gonna change the mood up a little bit here with uh, a, a bit of a downer, um, but I'll, but a, a, a powerful one at that. That is "Hate" by Loyal Carner. The I think it was it was the lead single to to Hugo, I believe. Um, I believe so. It was definitely a single. Yeah, but man, I uh, it's still. I still go back to it. I love, love the sample that, I don't know what sample that is that he uses on the, on the song, but I just, I just love it. It's over this fast paced, um, uh, instrumental that has loyal rap rapping about being a mixed race male in the UK. And as the title of the song suggests, it's got, got him listing out, uh, many of the things that he just really despises, uh, that are part of the UK society, things like, um, you know, people who, who think of themselves as being above who they really are or being above someone else, um, a systematic, uh, systematic racism within the UK, um, and then feelings of, uh, depression and feeling like he's lesser than, but, uh, this is a song that, uh, I have continued to go back to this year and, uh, easily my, my favorite off of, uh, uh, off of Hugo. Nice. We got my pop radio hit of the year uh i think last year i went with olivia rodrigo this year mm. it is bad habit the second single from steve lacy's oh, uh cool. gemini rights album it's it's an album that seems to be really uh what's the word some people love it some people hate it i was honestly really disappointed with it but this song is a good one incredible uh just Soft crooning about a missed love connection that he regrets not acting on, but it's so catchy. Mm. Um, yeah, really the only song on pop radio stations I won't get mad about them playing 30 times a day in 2022. No, so. no. Yeah, yeah. Steve Lacey. Steve Talented Lacey. dude. Still expecting big, bigger things. Yeah, I also was not a huge fan of that of that Gemini album. Um Next up for me is uh, Speech Bubbles by The Smile, which The Smile is the, uh, the new collective formed by Tom York and Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. I uh, love, love the minimalism of this song, but it's in typical Tom York fashion. It's minimal, but sounds so large and just it's uh, uh, doesn't really have to do a whole lot to sound. Um, like a a really important big song, but um, it's uh, it's a song that kind of allows Tom's vocals to really shine as he sings about fleeing the current state of the world in typical Tom York fashion and uh, dystopian kind of America. Um, speaks a lot about uh, climate change and the, uh, the the current state of the of the planet. And to me, it's I mean. It's not a Radiohead song, but it's the most Radiohead song without being a Radiohead song, I think. Uh, and I'm a, I, I love Radiohead, and this is, um, I think, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, non-Radiohead songs that Tom York has come out with um, on one of his side projects. 
so if you are a Radiohead fan and you haven't heard this song or that album specifically, um, got to give that a listen. Very nice. My next track is Blind by SZA. Uh, it was not a single. It was first teased in her music video for Shirt, though, one of the lead singles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got backed by this light acoustic sh- strumming. It's pretty understated and gorgeous instrumental. Uh, SZA admits her lust for unhealthy, fleeting relationships. Uh, the song's really about how she's blind to good things, things that are right in front of her. Uh, every word just burns into you, and it's my favorite from SOS for now. For now. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, last up for me is, according to Spotify, my top song of the year, and that's probably for a reason I could not get enough of the song, and that, of course, is Happiness by the 1975. As the title of the song suggests, it really... It's like happiness captured within a song. I just, you, you can't help but feel good listening to, listening to this song. It's like 80s pop, modernized uh, with Jack Antonoff and Maddie Healy on production. Um, you know, I just, I can't help but smile when this thing comes on. Love lines in here that I think only Maddie Healy could, could, could write. Lines like, I'll go blind just to see you. Her body's like a modern art. She showed me what love is, and now I'm acting like I know myself. Love those. But, um, yeah, I would have this song on repeat many days after this, this song came out, and uh, it's for a reason. I just I, I can't get enough. It's great. Nice. My last song is Burning by Yeah Yeah Yaz. Uh, it's one of the lead singles for their album that really got me into them. It's got this... So beyond piano build, these really loud synths are introduced into the first chorus. Um, I think it's my like favorite produced song of the year. It's layered beautifully um, and then has these really simple but pungent lyrics from Karino, the lead vocalist. Her delivery is immaculate. There's a lot of repetition uh, lyrically in the song and then the instrumental just takes you on a completely different journey uh so yeah my favorite from their newest album cool it down which i'll be talking about in a little bit spoiler alert All right, well, I had some technical issues with my recording just now. I'm not sure what happened there, but uh, we're back. And uh, so that was our uh, top or our, our 10 favorite songs of the year. And now we're just going to get right into our top 10 albums of 2022. And so for me, first up is number 10, A Light for Attracting Attention by The Smile. Uh, the Smile, of course, as I just mentioned is the Radiohead side project from um, Tom York and Johnny Greenwood and they also have 
contributions from uh, former Sons of Kemet drummer Tom Skinner. Um, I had to look this up, but I found that The Smile, the band's name, is in reference to uh, both deceit and happiness. References the grins that are given by people who are blatantly lying, but also find joy in other people's misery. And I think that's very... uh, 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 It's very just... It makes sense that that's what the band's title is because a lot of those kind of contrasting, uh, uh, those two contradicting things are brought up in this album. Um, as Tom kind of laments on the world and its leaders in typical dystopian Tom York fashion, um, questioning leadership in the UK and the US, talking about wars, war in uh, specifically Ukraine. Uh, from this year, um, and just kind of looking at the world from from a from a broader scope and uh, just identifying issues that uh, are just right in our face and leaders refuse to act on and that's uh, um, um, a lot of this album is just kind of directing that attention and that focus to that. So I love this album. It's my probably my favorite Radiohead side project thus far. Um, previous one was probably. Tom York's um, Dawn or uh, 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 Anima album. Um, but yeah, can't get enough of this. Very nice. My 10th favorite album of 2022 was Skinty Fia by Fontaine's DC. Uh, it's the third album from the Irish post-punk band, an album that I was very late on, really just discovered a few weeks ago. Um, it's about living in a place that doesn't feel like home, aka being Irish in the UK, also very critical of the UK. Brian mm-hmm. uh, Chatham uh, provides stunning vocals over an array of melodies and sounds. It's a very melodic uh, project for a band labeled as punk, but there are dark, important messages in Chatham's vocals. Um, completely different projects, but them- thematically, it kind of reminds me of Slow Tie's Nothing Great About Britain debut. Um, and honestly, the smile kind of mm. work on some similar mm-hmm. themes as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jackie Down the Line, Roman Holiday, and the Title Tracker songs I would recommend. Number nine for me is Hugo by Loyal Carner. Uh, again, going back to uh, one of my favorite songs of the year, Hate, which is the t- the intro track to this album. And yeah. Uh, Easily one of my favorite albums ever from a British rapper that I've heard, I think. Um, I love the... Uh, uh, I love the, the how the sonics kind of blend into each other throughout this album, but I also think that Loyal's voice uh, just sounds... He, he, he continues to sound very desperate in this album, and I think that kind of speaks to a lot of the themes that he explores on this with having deep introspection on... Uh, racial identity and becoming a new father figure to his son. Um, loving the mix of samples on this, especially, like I said, on that intro track, Hate. Um, I, I just, I think uh, he really built off of his, his previous album. I think this is his third studio album um, in his career and uh, easily my favorite from him. Corey uh, turned me on to him a few years ago. Uh, well, he was living in, in the in the UK, I believe. Um, one of those guys that you told me about, and uh, this is 
seems like it's kind of a um, he's really starting to hit his stride with this in terms of his art, his artistry. So um, yeah, recommend this for sure. Other than hate, I'd say speed of plight is amazing. Blood on my Nikes is incredible. Um, yeah. Give us a listen. Yeah, I'd agree. Hugo was 11th on my list. Ah, so just dropped just out of the top outside. 10, but love, love that one from loyal Carner. My ninth favorite album of the year is the sophomore LP from the North Carolina rapper Mavi, uh, Laughing So Hard It Hurts. Uh, his debut album, Let the Sun Talk, was number two on my 2019 list. Uh, but this new one, Laughing So Hard It Hurts, bounces between really muted, dense, politically charged bars backed by like muddy lo-fi beats to lighthearted, melodic bursts and inventive, multidimensional style. Uh, much like the two conflicting faces on the album cover, uh, I think this is a really nice follow-up to uh, Let the Sun Talk and, yeah, Mavi's paving away as a really, really exciting young rapper. I believe he's only 23 years old. Is he really? Uh, my, my, yeah, he is. Wow. Uh, he kind of latched on to the Earl Sweatshirt uh, wave. Like, he... He was featured on that EP back in 2018, mm-hmm. which was the first I had heard from him. Uh, but I think he's really kind of made his own lane. Uh, I, I think he gets clumped in with like the Mikes and Maxos and Earls. But I, I think this has a really unique style. And yeah, my, my Good Ghosts, Reason, and Hi John were highlights on the project for me. Yeah, good one. That's, that's, it, that album shows up in my top 30. Um... Number eight for me is the latest album from Chicago's own Smino, uh, album Love for Rent. I truly just, I, I don't think there's anybody who delivers rap music like Smino. When you hear, when you hear him on a track, it's like, without a doubt, Smino. He, and also just the types of instrumentation and production that he chooses i don't know if any other artist would even touch uh how would you describe it Corey? it's like clunky production it's like this very kind of like loose music style in rap i think that he yeah i think so i think you get tricked just because of how like melodic his flows and voice are um but yeah he can really transform any instrumental into something that feels a lot more smooth mm-hmm. and yeah melodic than it really right. is <laughs> um and i mean like oftentimes i i could care less what he's what he's saying on a track is it's just i'm just too busy head bobbing to to the song it's just got such such a great feel to it on this album it's got a um this very fluid narrative feel to the album uh, with these intermittent skits that are mixed throughout the start or end of certain songs. Um, standouts of this album include No L's, Pudgy featuring Lil Uzi Vert, 90 Proof featuring J. Cole, Matinee, Curtains, um, just to name a few. I think the features on this album go over really well, but Spino is, he's the uh, he's the, the front man and he, he, I think this is, uh, this is a coming of age album for him before this, I'd say, uh, 
Black Swan was that the his debut right with Wild yes. Irish Roses? Yeah, that was um, my favorite up until this point. But I think this one is uh, has has surpassed that, well surpassed that for me. Um, the more I listen to it, the the uh, the more I enjoy it. So um, I really I'm looking forward to to hearing more from him in the future because I think he'll he'll only get better. I really do. Very nice. Yeah, this is my favorite project from Smino so far, I think. Uh, landed at number 12 on my list. Just got didn't, knocked didn't out late. Because at 8, we have Natural Brown Prom Queen by Sudan Archives. Oh. Uh, it's the sophomore LP from the violinist, songwriter, Brittany Parks, better known by her stage name, Sudan Archives. Just dropped in September, and I was late to it as well. I really just discovered it a couple weeks ago, and I am obsessed her violin juxtaposed by deep bass and electronic instruments reminiscent of rap and r&b uh, it's just this really innovative bold project i love instantly every sh- song is its own experience and statement uh, she chants repetitively croons confessionally raps um, it's just got so many twists and turns all in an effort to deny and dismiss the status quo so I've only been listening for a couple of weeks, but this might deserve higher than number eight on my list by by the time it's all said and done. Oh, it's a uh, grower. Home Homemaker and Chevy S10 are some early favorites. So very good. Number seven on my list is "Being Funny in a Foreign Language" by the 1975. This is coming off of their 2021 album. Um, or was that released in 2020? I, I forget. Notes on a Conditional Form. It was, pre- it was pretty much a double album. Uh, and that kind of had an, just a wide array of different sounds and, um, and just different genres that were explored in that album. That was almost, it acted a bit of a mess, to be honest, but I did appreciate uh, all the different lanes that they decided to take. But this is an 11-track album, uh, a lot tighter um, we've got Jack Antonoff on production, um, uh, the lady's favorite producer as of late. Um, but uh, he definitely, you can hear the Bleacher's influence on this album, I think. Uh, he's, you know, I, I think they kind of give him a lot, of, a lot of free reign across a lot of the sounds on this album. Like I mentioned, Happiness was one of my favorite songs of the year, if not my favorite extremely fun song with a lot of 80s influence and there's a lot of 80s influence mixed in throughout this album as well we've got some love six love sick bops here like oh caroline and i'm in love with you and uh contrasting those we have all i need to hear and human two which are more introspective tracks that address topics like uh self-worth and validation um I don't know if this is my favorite 1975 album. I still would probably give it to the Brief Inquiry album from 2018, but this is this is right right up there. Really loving this album. Uh, a lot more complete of an album than their than their previous one, which I appreciate. Um, but yeah, the boys are boys are back with another another good one. I think. Very nice. At seven, I have the long-awaited sophomore LP from SZA, mm. SOS. Uh, just a beautiful collection of 23 songs, ranging from smooth R&B to 
bangers that show off Sissa's rapping prowess, uh, an honest look at a 33-year-old still figuring it out, uh, making breakthroughs, making mistakes, falling into old habits. It's relatable. Uh, Sissa's melodies, hooks, bars are all top-notch. I just really admire her delivery and flow. You can tell she, I mean, she obviously took her time with this album. Uh, It's been like five years, but uh, she did not disappoint. And it's impressively consistent for 23-song album. Uh, not something I'd recommend to most art- artists, but uh, this is a, this is not a normal artist. Very very nice. Number six on my list is uh, an album that uh, was released very early in the year, but had to throw it on here. It's still one of my favorites, and that is Capra Songs by FKA Twigs. Yeah. I read that this was classified as a mixtape, um, but so I'm I, but I'm not really sure. You know, listening to this, it. it I don't really know the difference between a mixtape and an album, to be honest. So I just, I mean, it's it's an album, as far as I can, I'm concerned. It's, it's it's definitely my favorite FKA Twigs album yet. Um, I think she shows off so much on this album. I mean, her she's got this amazing vocal range, but also uh, can rap really well. Um, and I love the contrast between her really kind of glistening, uh, glistening vocals on top of like hard hitting bass tracks on this. And then she, you know, turns that around with, uh, with different rap songs on, uh, uh, with some incredible features on this album. We've got the, uh, the weekend track, which was the, the lead single to this, which still is incredible, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I, ever since it came out, I think it came out in January. Um, like right at the start of the year is uh, just right off the bat. I knew this would end up on my list somewhere. I didn't know where, but um, here, here it is. Here it is. So, um, FKA Twigs, Capra Songs. It's a good one. Number six, Renaissance, Beyonce, oh, the God. seventh studio album from the American superstar. And my favorite to date, uh, on Renaissance, Beyonce goes into much more of a electronic dance direction that I think really suits her strengths. You've seen a lot of artists do this recently, it feels like. I mean, Drake tried. Um, I feel like there's been a few others. And Beyonce, I, I, yeah, it, it suits her strengths. So <laughs> just put that. that. Uh, <laughs> and a, a vibrant, energetic, sexy project oozing with confidence and self-expression. Yeah. Uh, a 40-year-old pop star reinventing her sound and coming through with her most cohesive, consistent album to date. Uh, I love it. Virgo Groove, America Has a Problem, Pure Slash Honey are... Mm-hmm. My favorites, but yeah. Get up and dance. Get up and dance. Let's do it. All right. Uh, getting into the top five now. Um, this is a repeat from one of Corey's previous albums, but uh, top five in my book. This is SOS by SZA. Um, it's, uh, it, it's pretty crazy that this is, this is her sophomore album, um, considering that Control was released, what, Five years ago, four years ago. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it was twenty seventeen. Yeah, um, and you know, Control was one of my favorites that year, and so it was always just like you know, how would she follow that up? And uh, 
she gave us a 23 song just epic of of an album most most times i think 80 minutes most times when i when i see an album that is over 20 songs i get very nervous um and so with an artist like her i thought okay uh i don't i don't know how this is going to go over but there's really only like two songs on here that i'm not that into everything else i think is incredible um i just i continue to go back to so many of these songs on here um with the vocal range that that an artist like SZA has you you can just you really get lost in in these songs I love the features on here the Phoebe Bridgers feature is um uh kind of a match made in heaven I I think and I wasn't really too sure how that would go over but I thought it went over very well Travis Scott handles his feature very very well um he throws in this flow that I don't know if we've ever heard from him before um uh but yeah I mean I I just I think this album aside from everything that Corey said it just this is a an amazing artistic uh maturity that's that's shown from SZA after her incredible Control album which is I think nine it has nine more songs than Control did but um I I, th- I think I love it just as much, if not more. I really am digging on this. And it was only released less than a month ago, so. It's true. Well, at number five, I have Cool It Down by Yeah Yeah Yaz, uh, the fifth studio album from the New York indie group. Uh, and if you thought SZA likes to take her time, this was their first album in nine years. <laughs> Um, and it's only eight minutes, or sorry, eight tracks and 30 minutes long, but it's 30 minutes of head spinning soundscapes guided by Carano's hooks and epic vocals, immaculately produced, exploring every realm of modern pop, folk, electronic instrumentation. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a doozy of a half hour listening experience. And Jack might get mad at me here, but I think it's my favorite album cover of the year. I I don't mind that at all. I yeah. love it. I do. Uh, different today, spitting off the edge of the earth with uh, Perfume Genius are two incredible tracks. And I already mentioned Burning as uh, one of my favorite tracks yeah. of the year. Yeah, cool. Uh, all right, uh, number four for me. I think this is uh, going to show up in Corey's top three, if I had to guess. But this is Melt My Eyes, See Your Future by Denzel Curry. This is the fifth studio album from South Florida's finest, Denzel Curry, um, who's really building off of his last LP, Zoo. Um, talking a lot, it's, it's, this album addresses a lot of personal growth in his own life. Um, and I think it's a great contrast from from Zoo, which was filled with these short and concise bangers that paid homage to his home state. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, this is a kind of a softer album sonically than any other project Denzel's dropped. Um, but the hard-hitting bars are very much still alive with lines like, killing off my demons because my soul's worth redeeming. Uh, of all things, my mental suffers greatly. They draw guns, so how could I, how could lead erase me? And then my favorite line on the entire album: "Run the jewels, cause I kill a mic on any LP." 
Shout out. Shout out, Run the Jewels. Shout out, Run the Jewels. Drop an album, please. I need another one. Um, RTJ. Yeah. And then the feature artists on here, I think, are just placed beautifully. Aside from Slow Tie, I still can't... I still am not loving how muffled he is on uh, Zatoichi. I I just can't get behind that. But, I mean, we've got T-Pain, Rico Nasty, Black, Robert Glasper, J.I.D. How could you go wrong, right? Um, And then he decides to give us a deluxe version that is the deluxe versions of deluxe versions with these (laughs) stripped-back versions of a handful of tracks on the original album that are completely reimagined through a jazz-influenced lens. And now that we have the deluxe, I can't listen to this album without the deluxe. I just, like, I have to have the whole album and then have the deluxe version right after that. I can't, I can't listen to it any other way. I think it, it adds so much to the album. Um, and, uh, yeah, Denzel just... Once again, coming through, I the guy can't miss. He can't miss. Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid our top four might look <laughs> kind of similar. <laughs> it hasn't so far. So we really just had a SZA, both, huh? <laughs> well, I'm going with uh, The Forever Story by Jid at number okay, four. Okay, now you're going to start. <laughs> on number four here, Jack. Okay. Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> It's the third LP from the Atlanta rapper Jid. Uh, I I think it's an album that really finally does justice to his diverse skill set and kind of cuts the filler that bogged down some of his previous work. I mean, I... Yeah, I I, I like DiCaprio 2 a lot. I think I ranked it pretty highly, but it hasn't really stuck with me the way I thought it would, and I think this one will... Uh, his singing has improved as we already touched on his wide array of flows and rapping voices rivaled the best in, in rap. Yep. Uh, many, many stories from his childhood on this one and, and kind of put pl- place in today's world. Uh, Cody, Cody blue 31 is my favorite. One of Jack's songs, radar stars with, uh, Yasin Bey of most deaf, um, Really great features all around on on this yep. thing, and yeah, really good cohesive project from Jid. I was worried that this wouldn't. I I mean, like we've been huge Jid fans forever, but I feel like this was kind of the culmination of what we knew he was capable totally. of. Totally, couldn't agree more. Um, all right, well, getting into my third favorite from the year. This is Renaissance by Beyonce. Her seventh album that comes six years after uh, her critically acclaimed Lemonade. And uh, while, I, while Lemonade was a very reflective album for Beyonce that dealt with a lot of her struggles at the time, this album, like Corey had mentioned, just has her reaching into her bag of dance bops that addresses themes of perseverance and freedom. She just shows so much confidence that is just absolutely contagious throughout the entire album. I think the album flows incredibly well. It's got some of my favorite crop of Beyonce songs ever. Um, Easily my favorite Beyonce project to date. Uh, The production on this is absolutely immaculate. It It just sounds so clean and, you know, 
combining that with the types of genres that she uh, pulls influence from of, of dance house music to electronic music, pop music, disco, hip hop, uh, you know, just so much range here. Um, biggest highlights for me on the album include Cuff It, Alien Superstar, Break My Soul, and uh, Virgo's Groove and Thick. Those are all of my favorites. It's just a, this album's just, it just, it, it is big and it it feels big. It's just, it's a larger than life album. Um, I, yeah, I don't know how it's, it's, it's just, uh, I, I think this is, this is her best. I, I think it is. I think it is. I, I love it so much. Very nice. Well, at three, I have Melt My Eyes, See Your Future by Denzel oh. Curry. Uh, I don't need to add a lot. Florida's finest. Uh, I did want to mention, in many ways, I, I do think it's a similar message as uh, Kendrick's Mr. Morale, just in terms of looking inward, fixing yourself uh, despite generational trauma and forces working against yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, much, yeah, uh, more intimate and kind of laid back approach from Denzel from what you, we're used to him in the past. Sure. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, speaking of Mr. Morale, uh, that do 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 that is landing at my number two spot, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers by LA's own Kendrick Lamar. Um, this is uh, five years coming five years after the release of of Damn, and uh, this I think, like we've already talked about and. Uh, we'll probably continue to talk about this album I think serves as a spotlighted therapy session for Kendrick that spans across a double album and his final album on TDE there's uh, there's so much to say on this album that I think Corey and I have already talked about in previous episodes but um, it's I think this is Kendrick's most vulnerable album to date I mean it gets uncomfortably vulnerable at a lot of times. Um, and I think it honest, it, it makes, I think it, it probably makes a lot of hip hop artists very uncomfortable. He, Kendrick opens up a lot about how just his own trauma, mental health issues and, and how, uh, himself and probably a lot of his, his peers have dealt with that trauma by hiding it under material possessions and, um, uh, wealth and yeah all all those all those things and um we see him opening up about his family issues with his history of adultery trying to become a father figure to his own children um opens up about his the struggle with uh the relationship between him and his father and how he never felt like it he could discuss these really important things that he was feeling as a child um and then, you know, we have tracks like Mother I Sober, Anti-Diaries, We Cry Together that uh, really are, uh, they're, they're incredibly hard to listen to, but I, I think that's the point. I think Kendrick wants us to lean into, into these things with him um, because he's, really, he's not sugarcoating anything there. There's, there's no filter. It's real life, you know, so there's, there's things that he discusses that's going to be really tough for some people to stomach, but... Um, it's his own experience and, uh, uh, I, I think it's, 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 it was probably extremely difficult to write these lyrics and, and sing these lyrics, but, um, 
I think it just makes it that much more powerful that he's able to do that. Talking about um, homophobia throughout his youth, dealing with a, a, a trans family member, um, dealing with uh, abuse to his mother, and um, just so many other moments that, uh, 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 that he goes into. But I think, even though I do think, I, I, I agree with Corey that there are a lot of, uh, uh, it all culminates together with Mother I Sober, that track, but I think um, along with that, Savior, the song Savior, I think also serves as a culminating moment on this album as Kendrick, Kendrick also said that this, this song really encap, encapsulates the meaning behind the album and how he feels like he was never meant to be anyone's savior and who people need to like look up to for guidance as he feels like he has the same struggles and has the same demons as myself, anybody else in, in the world. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, 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 I'll end it there. There's, there's, there's not much more to discuss there, but I, I just, it's my number two album. Um, Kendrick does it again, um, giving us another classic masterpiece. Well, at number two, I have a, another double album. It is Dragon New Warm Mountain, I Believe in wow. You, from Big Thief. Uh, it's their fifth studio album from the folk band. Uh, 20 songs, almost two hours. That takes them way beyond just the bounds of their previous work. Uh from folk rock to electronic musings, uh, Adrian Lanker, I've talked about her in the past. She's one of my favorite songwriters, if not my favorite at the moment. She's just got these humorous cascading lyrics all throughout the album that cement her as one of the best right now. Um, there's 20 songs. I, I love each and every single one really grown on me. Um, this fall and winter, it was, it was a spring album and I, Loved it at first, but it's been climbing and climbing my list. I did not have it at number two for most of the year. Um, but, hey, when when October, November, January, I skipped December, comes around, uh, that's that's when I listen to Big Thief, and this album's incredible. Um, feels like just a really intimate jam sesh with a band clicking on all cylinders, and one of the best gen, uh, songwriters of this generation. And I've, if you haven't listened to Big Thief before, her, her vocals are, are definitely an acquired taste. Yeah. Uh, but, if, but if they click for you, they're, it, she's the it's best. It's magic. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's magic. And Simulation Swarm, Change, and The Only Place are, are highlights that I would recommend checking out if you'd like to get into this album, into Big Thief. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at number one, Jack has uh, well, The Forever Story. Corey guessed it. The Forever Story is Jack's number one album of 2022. Uh, yeah, I've, I went back and forth between Kendrick and, and, and Jid on what would be my number one spot, and I just could not deny The Forever Story. I think it's... I really do think it's a masterpiece. I don't think there's a bad song anywhere. I don't know if there's a false note anywhere on this on this thing. Um, and honestly, like after DiCaprio too, I had a feeling that the next album that 
Jid would, would drop would be something like this, like something that we look to as being like, okay, this is, this could be, this could go down as one of the best in, uh, of the year or of the last couple years. Um, and I, I think that proves to be the case. It's easily Jid's boldest and tightest project that spans over an hour in length. But, uh, like I said, I really don't think there's a false note anywhere here. Um, He's also continuing to make the case for being, I think, the best lyricist in the game at the moment. I mean, we all know that he's the being the flow god that he is. I don't know if this guy ever runs out of flow ideas, like ever. Um, it's 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 just extremely impressive the range that he has with his voice and what he's able to do with that, just so effortlessly over. Um, uh, songs that uh, just have a wide range of of sonics and uh, different types of production that he just moves in all sorts of different pockets. Uh, The album itself touches on so many themes that Corey already talked about, uh, racial injustice, um, self-identity, fame, um, loving the features on on this album, Lil Wayne, Ari Lennox, 21 Savage, Kenny Mason, Yasin Bey, um, some of my favorites include uh, Cody Blue 31, of course. We've got Radar, which, um, other than the intro, this is like the kind of the starter track to the album. And boy, does it really kick things off in the best way possible. <laughs> um, I mean, fuck. Uh, it does. And yeah, you've got the, I think, the lyrical masterpiece of Lauder 2, which is the closer. Um, yeah, uh, I'm. I'm. I'll. I'll try to keep it short here. I don't want to talk too much about it. Uh, but this is this is my album of the year. I can't get enough of it. This is. Uh, I. I think this is Jid's, kind of. Uh, th- this is this is this was his year. I. Th- I. I think. I think this was his year. Well, number one, I have Mr. Morell and the Big Steppers. Uh, don't really. We we had a whole damn episode about this uh, album, so I didn't write anything down. It's the fifth album from Kendrick, and I mean, I, I tried to go with a different album. I really did. Um, I put I put Jit up there for a bit. I put Denzel up there for a bit. Um, but when I really looked inwardly, right. and it, it's just my favorite. I think it's objectively the best. It's my opinion, um, and. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Jack a question that I I think I refused to talk about in the Kendrick episode, mm. but I'm curious where Mr. Morrell and the Big Steppers ranks in Kendrick's discography. A few few months. How how long have we had? When did this come out? July, yeah, maybe summertime. So you've had six months to. I'm, I, I can answer, really I can let it, that let question, it marinate. I, I can. Honestly, I think it's I think it's Tabibba Butterfly. Mm-hmm. And then I haven't been able to put it above or below uh, Good Kid, Mad City yet. I think it's neck and neck with that. I really do. But I still think T-Pab is number one. I don't know if he'll ever surpass that for me. I, re- I, 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 I have a tough time believing that, but um, it's, it's, it's top two or three. It's better than Damn. Um, I think it's far better than Damn, to be honest. Um, 
Section 80? Section 80, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me it goes, it's TPAB, Good Kid, Mad City, Mr. Morale right there. Um, I'd say Damn is, 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 is below that, Section 80. Um, yeah, I've, I don't know. What about you? Where do you put it? I think I'm ready to put it number two. Above um, Good Kid? Yeah, To Pimp a Butterfly, I, th- I think, is my favorite album ever. Yeah, um, it probably is mine. And, yeah, I, I, Mr. Morale was, yeah, uh, as we mentioned, an extremely difficult listen. Like, it, it, it took took me a while to really decide it. what I thought <laughs> of it, honestly. Yeah, so, um, but I think I think that's the way... A lot of really great albums are. I mean, I, I felt the same way about To Pimp a Butterfly, honestly. Uh, Good Kid Mad City is really the only Kendrick album I've listened to and just loved right away. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what makes him special. Got to go back. Uh, but that's about all we have. We were going to go over like our top 30 albums, which we're going to post on Instagram later today. So check those out. This was a really, really... Strong year in Very music, I thought. Year, yeah. um, like, just really deep, mm-hmm. deep amount of really high-quality albums. I I tried to listen, uh, rank, like, every album I listened to this year. And I was looking yesterday, and I think there was, like, 75 albums that I'd be like, I, I, I'd recommend this to someone. This was a good album, mm-hmm. which is, like, twice as many as I've had the last few years. And there was albums, like, in my top, top 60 that I'm, like, looking at my past list, and I was like, this would be in my top 30 from other years. Yeah. So it was really hard for me to put this list together. Um, I'm sorry in advance for all the albums. I All, all your favorite albums I snubbed. That's right. But um, here's it, it's just, it's right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's good. These are the only right, um, li- these are the only correct lists out there. That's yeah. right. Um yeah, Smino and Loyal got bumped out of my top 10 the last month. Ethel Kane had worked her way up there just to get bumped by Fontaine, Sudan Archives, Sizzle, mm-hmm. I discovered in December. Little Sims dropped an incredible album in December that I initially put in my top 10 but dropped off a little mm-hmm. bit. She was my favorite album last mm-hmm. year, but... Yeah, so many good ones. Big Thief was um, was right in there for a long time, and uh, that that dropped off uh, the last couple months for me. Uh, yeah. Another I want to mention honorable mention for me. This is my eleventh spot. Pine Grove um, had that was my eleventh favorite album. Um, I had them at seventeen. Man, I yeah. Always, cheat codes from Danger Mouse and Black Thought, the Pusha T record, the Nas record. Mm-hmm. Saba. Joey Badass. I had, I, Red Veil was one of, I thought, m- most underrated albums of the year. Louie by Kenny Beats was great. Omnium Gatherium was uh, King Gizzard's best out of, like, 30 albums they Shout did. out Jim Consiglio. Yeah. King Gizzard's I mean, Sick fan. by Earl Sweatshirt. Barely was 30th, just, just, just inside outside my top 30. That. And it was incredible. So, what a year! Lots to listen, lots to listen to. Tell us what we missed. Um, and yeah, we're we're excited for a new slate of music in twenty twenty three.
really don't know what to expect. What 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 album are you looking for? That's a good to question. I was going to ask you that too. Um, I mean, you, we we don't know who's dropping really. But. No, um, I would say um, definitely Frank Ocean. <laughs> I th- I think I think he's been our I think answer I say for that every year. three or four years. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gosh, who else would be dropping this year? Um, who hasn't dropped in a while? I'm gonna say James Blake. I'm. I. I. I think. I think he might drop something that I would. Yeah, he hasn't done a. Full yeah, I, I think he. He had an EP recently. He, a couple. EPs. I think he'll drop something pretty soon. Um. Who do you think? Anybody? Uh, I. I think we're gonna get a. Uh, full Phoebe project this mm, year. I, um. I, I. She's. She's usually a pretty. Hard worker. We we get a we get a al- album or project for her every couple years. So maybe it'll be like a collab project. I mean, there's been sightings of Boy Genius uh, back together. So mm. perhaps uh, she'll link up with Lucia and Julian again for a full yeah. length. That would be quite the treat. But uh, she's definitely at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. I mean, I'm excited for King Gizzard's next 12 albums in the next 12 months <laughs> as always uh yeah i think um i'm gonna say i also will say i think travis scott will be dropping this year um i doubt it <laughs> and uh i also think kid cuddy will drop something this year well he put out an album this past year i think he'll drop another bad. one bad yeah he announced something at uh yeah, in no paris uh, a couple weeks ago that he's he's got an album on the way so i don't know if that i don't know how fast that's going to get turned around but we'll see but anyway that's a wrap for i mean we're in 2023 now but that's a wrap for music in 2022 huh that's right oh. well thank you to all our listeners for tuning into what we, we had five or six episodes this year hopefully there'll be more in 2023 we'll yeah. see Maybe, maybe. See what happens. Yeah. But we appreciate the support. We appreciate the uh, recommendations. Keep them coming. That's right. And, yeah, and stay tuned uh, with the uh, the weekly playlist. We like like we've been saying, even though we don't record every week anymore, or, or right now we're not. Um, we update that every single week. And so, um, if you're ever you know wondering what we think is uh, great music every week, just keep tuning into that. Some good answers there. Absolutely. But uh, well, that's all, folks. That's it. We'll we'll see you in the new year. <laughs>